Welcome to City Harvest Sermon Podcast. Coming up is a word from Pastor Kong Hee. I have been sharing with you that Jesus died on the cross to be our Savior so that our sins can be forgiven, that we can become friends of God. Not just to stay friends, but to come into His presence to be His bride, the bride of Christ. And even more than that, to become the children of God. We are sons and daughters of the Most High. By grace through faith, not because of works. So being friends and bride and children means you don't have to serve. It is not necessary. It is not an obligation. I don't expect my son to go around serving or, you know, in my home because he's my boy. In fact, Jesus came to serve us and he does not expect us to serve him back in return. In March of the 10th and verse 45, for the last three or four weeks, I've been sharing this with you. The words of the Lord, he says, for even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Look at this verse very carefully. Jesus did not come so that you will serve him. He says, I have come to serve you, to give my life as a sacrifice for your sins. The more we realize who we are, the more we find ourselves wanting to serve because loving is serving. Everybody say with me, loving is serving. You don't have to serve. You're not obligated to serve. But when there is love, you just want to serve. A friend loves. A bride loves. A son loves. A daughter loves. Loving is serving. So a friend helps his friend. A bride supports her husband. A son or a daughter put himself or herself out there for the father. They are not doing anything because they have to, but only because they want to. They do it because of the love in the friendship, the love in the marriage, the love in the family. We are serving Jesus Christ simply out of an overflow of love. And we discover that as we serve Him, we will enjoy His love more and more. And this must be the only reason why you are serving the Lord. In John chapter 14 and verse 15, Jesus says, if you love me, obey my commandments. Sometimes we think that love and obedience, they are the same thing, but they are not. You can have one without the other. I might be obeying the law only because I don't want to go to prison. It has nothing to do with love. (laughs) I obey my boss only because I want to keep my job. I may not even like my boss, and I may not even like my job. I obey my teacher, only because I want to do well in my exam. In the same way, I might obey Jesus, serve Jesus, for all kinds of reasons that have nothing to do with loving Him. If you love Jesus, you will obey Him. But just because you're obeying Him doesn't necessarily mean that you love Him. I can give my tithes and my offerings 
very religiously every month, every week to the church. But does it mean I love the church? Maybe I do, but maybe I don't. Maybe I'm giving out of a religious duty. Maybe I'm giving because I felt pressured, like what Pastor Audrey said just now. Or some people give as a transaction. God, I give you 10%. Now I expect you multiply that a lot more. Serving is only as fun or as invigorating, as life-changing, as the love that you have in your heart. So where does this love come from? It comes from the Holy Spirit. Paul says that the first fruit of the Spirit is love. What is his first fruit? Love. Love, joy, peace, and all the rest. But the first one is love. This means that the first thing that the Holy Spirit grows in your heart, in your life, is love. And this love of the Spirit is very, very pure. It is divine. It is heavenly. It is very Christ-like, like Jesus. It allows you to do very difficult things if you have this love. Almost impossible thing. For example, Jesus teaches us in Luke chapter 6 and in verse 27, Jesus says, but to you who are listening, I say, how many of you are listening today? Put up your hands, right? Turn to your neighbor and say, you better listen. Yeah. <laughs> Those of you at home, listen to this one. Jesus says, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. How many of you know this is a very difficult command to obey? Do good to those who hate you. Yes, they hate you. They despise you. They want to hurt you. And Jesus is telling you, you be nice to them. And then you bless them. You pray for them. You do good things to them. Now, even if we can bring ourselves to be nice to people, how can we cause love to flow out of our hearts for them? I can be nice to you, but I may not like you, let alone love you. This kind of Christ-like love is humanly impossible. It is a supernatural gift from the Holy Spirit. But when pure, divine, heavenly love is overflowing from your heart, then obedience will naturally follow. And to help us, a long time ago, God has already promised that He will do everything to make this possible. That you and I can come to a place where we can love those who hate us and do good for them. Ezekiel chapter 36, and it says over here in verse 25, I will sprinkle clear water on you and you will be clean. I will cleanse you from all your impurities and from all your idols, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. 
I will put my spirit, my Holy Spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. So this is what God has promised. That when you put your faith in Jesus, something happens. The Holy Spirit will give you a new heart and a new spirit. This means you have a brand new attitude and you have a new capacity to love people. Then following Jesus, obeying Jesus, serving Jesus becomes easy because this is the way we express our love to Him. Right after the Holy Spirit creates a new heart within you, He now pours into it all the love of God. Look at the Bible again. Romans chapter 5, and it says in verse 5, For God's love has been poured out into your hearts, our hearts, through the Holy Spirit, who has been given to us. These two words, poured out, in the Greek means, it is like a waterfall, abundantly gushing into you. Have you stood under a waterfall before? Sometimes we go to Malaysia, you know, you go to some a touristy place and you go and visit the, the natural reserve and there's a waterfall and the water is gushing over you. This is exactly how it's like. God gives you a new heart and then He pours His love from heaven until you're wailing up with love, soaked, saturated, literally drenching, overwhelmed by God's love until it's overflowing out of you. This is exactly what Jesus means when He says, out of your innermost being will flow rivers of living water. John 7 and verse 38. When love is flowing out, gushing out like rivers, overflowing out of your heart, out of your soul, automatically you want to serve God because loving is serving. Will you turn to your neighbors on your left and right and say, loving is serving. Say to two people at least, loving is serving. Love will naturally express itself in wanting to help people, especially the poor and the needy, to build up the church, to advance the kingdom of God. It will be automatic. And that is why we sing, the more I love you, the more I want to serve you. This is the only right motivation for serving. For obeying Jesus, love. I know it sounds so simple and so obvious, but really it is not so easy. A few weeks ago, I told you that we can all serve for all the wrong reasons. Can you remember this diagram? Some are serving to be good enough for God. Some are serving to get something from Him, to get a blessing. Some are serving to pay Him back out of guilt, they feel guilty, so I better do something. Some are serving to impress other people, to be popular. Some are serving so they can belong. They are part of the gang, so since all my friends sign up, I should sign up. Some have this wrong idea that Jesus needs them, so I better serve because He needs me. If it's not me, then who? That was Martha's problem. I'm serving, Lord, because you need me. Some are serving 
because they are very competent and very capable and they feel it is only right to give something back. After all, I'm so blessed. <laughs> but Jesus is not in the mix. They don't need Him. They can do it all on their own because they're so talented, you see. They're so skillful and so capable. I shared with you a few weeks ago, seven wrong reasons for serving. Not one is because of love. They're all motivated by a wrong view of God, by a wrong view of others, and a wrong view of themselves. These are the reasons why many, many Christians are so unhappy in their serving. Because sooner or later, you will burn out. If you're seated here today or you're watching online and you feel burnt out, it's probably because of one of these. You have become jaded and cynical. You lose your joy. You are angry with God and you become resentful. But when we serve, because we are so filled with love, overflowing with love, everything changes whether you're ushering or greeting or teaching or counseling or visiting or praying or organizing or helping, everything becomes a joy. There is a supernatural ease, a supernatural flow, a grace and an anointing because love is there. The more the love, the easier to serve. But if I'm serving, so that I can earn God's love and blessing, so that I can impress people or the, to be feel needed by others, then what will it do to my heart? It will either do one of two things. It will either fill my heart with pride, especially if I am noticed or praised. If I feel that I'm needed by people, I'm filled with pride. I'm important. People need me. People look up to me. Or it will, feel, or it will be filled with hurt, with resentment, especially if you don't get the appreciation. You don't get the blessing that you feel you deserve. Or if God doesn't do for you, what do you think He should? How come the healing doesn't come? How come the blessing isn't there. I have served him so hard, you know. How many times have you heard that? How many times have you even said that? God, I have served you. Why is this happening to me? <laughs> Either way, your heart is not filled with love. But instead, it will harden towards God. And sadly, this is what happens to so many Christians. Sometimes, to so many church members, we can be working very hard in church, in our cell group, in doing this and doing that, but our hearts are hardening towards the Lord. Now ask yourself, when I do this, ushering, cell group leading, helping out in church without walls, what is it doing for my heart. If they are all expressions of love from my heart for Jesus, then the serving will be joyful, satisfied, even if it's a little hard and a little tiring. You can be a little tired, 
but you, it's overcompensated with so much joy. You don't mind it. It won't make any difference if nobody notices you or gives you a pat on the back and say, thank you, good job. It doesn't really matter because the love of God in your heart has already filled you with so much joy, everything is now worth it. Your heart will simply enjoy serving out of your love for God and for His people. At this very moment, you are experiencing what Jesus says, having an easy yoke and a light burden. Remember four weeks ago? This was what I set out to do. How to serve without sinking. How to find the easy yoke and the light burden. If you can come to this point, you don't need anybody to pat you on the back, to say, well done to be noticed by everyone. And you're serving purely out of love. At that moment, you have found the easy yoke and the light burden. There'll be tremendous joy in waking up every day and say, Holy Spirit, let's have another adventure. Come, let's go. Oh, go ahead and give the Lord a big hand. Hallelujah. Oh, you and the clap, let's give the Lord a big clap. Hallelujah, amen. Those of you at home, give the Lord praise. Years ago, when I was away from you, for a season of 18 months, I shared a cell with an Indian man. He was in for five years for violent crime. One day, he lost his cool and slashed a woman's face. So he was in for five years. And he had a violent temper. And so people generally stayed away from him. <laughs> but I was in his cell for 18 months. When he was inside, his wife divorced him and his mother died. It was really a sad, tragic story. After a while, I noticed nobody ever came to visit him. And he had never received any letters from anyone. So one day, I asked him, why? He told me, he had a son and a daughter, but they were estranged from him and they wanted nothing to do with him. I said, we can write two letters a month. Why don't you just write them? He said, Kong, you don't know how to, uh, I don't know how to read or write. I barely finished primary six. I have all these letter forms, but I don't know how to write. I said, why don't I help you with your letter writing? A spark lit up in his eyes. He said, you will? Thanks, Kong. Can you please help me write a letter to my daughter? So he took from his box, you know, I told you before we all had the box. So he took up from his box a blank letter form. And for the next half an hour, it was excruciating. He didn't know what to say. He has never written a letter before in his life. And it has been years since he last talked to the daughter. After half an hour, I could see him struggling. I said, hmm, do you miss your daughter? He said, yes. I said, how much? A lot. I said, really? How much is a lot? A lot, a lot, Kong. I asked him, do you love her? Of course I do. I said, how much? He struggled. And then he said, I will do anything for my daughter. So I said, okay. 
I wrote, my dearest daughter, this is daddy. I miss you so much. You cannot imagine how much I miss you. I love you more than life itself. I'm so sorry for what I've done. I wish I could see you again. And that began a letter writing friendship. And I wrote many letters for him to the daughter and to the son. Long letters. Every time the same thing. He said, I don't know how to write. I asked him questions. From his answer, I wrote the letters. <laughs> After many, many months, almost a year, there was no response from either of them. Then one day, he received a reply from his girl. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. Dad, I'm coming to visit you. He, read, he wept. When I read the letter to him, he cried. It was the happiest day of his life. And the day the daughter came, he was so nervous, he couldn't sleep. I said, look, you should be happy. Go and see her. He said, what am I going to say? I don't know what to say. <laughs> I said, everything you told me, you just repeat to her. <laughs> Today, this man is out. Reconciled to his daughter and son. All three of them living together in a flat at Jurong West, just opposite our church. Oh, come on. Let's give the Lord a big hand. Hallelujah. <laughs> And until today, we are still friends. And we stay in touch. He just texted me a few days ago. Helping him was an easy yoke and a light burden for me. And it deepened our friendship and helped me to experience the joy of the Lord. Helping people, serving in church, is no longer a chore. It is something that you cherish. What a privilege. Every day, no matter how busy I am or how tired I am, I try to drive Dayan around. And you would say, thanks, Dad. I would say, Dayan, it is a privilege. First time I said that, he said, Dad, privilege. I said, yes, because I know that I know I won't always have the chance. And soon, they all will grow up. So I enjoy serving Him. It's a privilege. And it is an expression of love. And this is the fundamental point I'm making. The main point. If your serving is making you unhappy and frustrated, if your serving in church, in cell group, is making you very moody and very angry, the way forward is not try to serve more. Try to serve harder. What you really need is to love more. The key is not trying harder. The key is asking Father God to send His Holy Spirit to work in your heart, to soften it, to enlarge it. David said, Lord, enlarge my heart to make it bigger and to marinate it with more and more of Jesus' love. You need the Holy Spirit to pour divine love into you so that you can increasingly enjoy the goodness of God. You must first appreciate how much Jesus is serving you 
24-7. That every breath you breathe is given by the pneuma or the ruach, the spirit of life. That every minute of every day, God is watching over you, preserving you. And that Jesus at the right hand of the Father is interceding for you. You got to realize how much He's serving me. And then you let Jesus recapture your heart with His love and let it well up in your heart until it overflows because it is love that makes service joyful. Turn to your neighbors, at least two or three people, and say, love makes service joyful. Yeah. Let me say this. When you finish vacuuming and washing your own house, of course, there's some satisfaction. <laughs> Even though you may feel a little tired, you feel a little satisfied. But when you finish vacuuming and washing your friend's house, there is a joy in seeing how happy your friend is. And there is a deepening of friendship. And there is a deeper sense of satisfaction. You enjoy serving them because you are expressing your love for Jesus and for His people. You are living the life you're created to live. You are happy because the love of God is overflowing out of you. Why do you think cell groups, literally cell groups, are joining Pastor Ming Hao? It's sprucing up people's homes. <laughs> they are not even cleaning their own home. They're cleaning other people's homes. <laughs> because there's such a joy in it. Again, remember, love doesn't come from serving. But serving must flow out of love. And pure love. I'm talking about true love. Christ-like love is a supernatural gift from God. Tonight, don't leave this place until you ask God to give you a heart of love. Do you know how much Jesus enjoys serving you? Sometimes we wonder, will He get moody? Because our attitude are not always the best. Will He get irritated by us? But do you know how much He enjoys serving you? There's one verse in the Bible that talks about it. How much He enjoys helping us. Psalms 45 verse 7 is a song about Jesus Christ. He is the servant king of all of God's people. And it says over here, Psalms 47, yeah, it says over here that he loves justice and he hates evil. This means, when you read about justice in the Old Testament, it means he has come to help the poor and the needy, to make sure they're treated fairly, to serve and set free the oppressed. And he's happier than anyone else. The psalmist says, God has anointed you, pouring out the oil of joy on you more than on anyone else. <laughs> Jesus, the servant king, has more joy than any other because he's serving the one he loves. Every week when I preach to you, I have more joy than any of you seated here because I'm serving the one I love. Who are you guys? When I'm serving you, 
It's tremendous joy. The best job in the whole world. Jesus loves the Father. And He expresses His love in His obedience, in His service. And this makes Him very, very happy. It's like the oil of joy. And it will be exactly the same for you and I. The night before Jesus went to the cross, He visualized what is going to happen the next day. The Son of Man was going to give His life as a ransom for many. How did He picture it the night before? He decided, I'm going to visualize it by washing my disciples' feet. (laughs) This is the dirtiest and the most humbling task anyone could do in his time. It is something even too low for the lowest of all servants. Washing someone's feet is only reserved for slaves, not for servants. Here is the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the creator of the whole universe. He knelt down to wash his disciples' feet as their slave. It says in John 13, last verse for today. I told Son I'm not going to preach too long. (laughs) It says, John 13, verse 1. It was just before the Passover festival, and Jesus knew that the hour had come for Him to leave this world and go to the Father. Having loved His own who were in the world, He loved them to the end. Jesus loved His disciples so much. He loved them to the very end. Even Judas Iscariot, the traitor, that night, he washed his feet. Are you willing to be a slave to the one who's going to betray you and kill you? That's what your servant king did. Look a little further down in verse 15. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. Will you turn to your neighbors on your left and right and say, Jesus has a special blessing for you. Serving out of love will always bring a special blessing. There will be a fulfillment, a satisfaction, a joy unspeakable and full of glory. You will experience a sense of destiny that you are being who God has created you to be and doing what God has created you to do. It's this kind of serving that gives us so much joy, that gives Son and I the joy of wanting to wake up every morning. And it springs from love. A love that's given by the Holy Spirit. A love that will move the Son of God to serve us as our slave. And it brought Him so much joy. No feeling of frustration in Jesus or disappointment with God His Father or pride in self, or anger and irritation 
after all I've done, you guys are going to forsake me. No. No sense that you are disillusioned in life with people, with church. When you have that love, you will never say, I'm so disillusioned with church, with people, with leadership, you know. <laughs> I started this four-part series by looking at Mary and Martha. Martha was serving so hard and yet so unhappy. To all of you on site or online who feel like a martyr, who works so hard and feel so frustrated, Jesus says in Matthew 11 and verse 28, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. A life with Jesus Christ is a life of rest. You have rest because your life is filled with love, with meaning, with significance. Tonight, if you feel wearied and burdened by serving, then something has gone wrong. If you are sinking in your serving, and you wish you don't ever need to serve ever again. Something is wrong. Jesus promises to give you rest. Yes, we will all enjoy His rest fully when He returns in His second coming. But you can begin to enjoy it now. You can rest from needing to achieve, needing to succeed, needing to be noticed, and always to be the best, that you've got to be number one. Jesus is not talking about rest from serving. He's saying you can have rest in the serving. But at the back of your mind, you must remember there is nothing that God needs from you. His mission doesn't depend on you. He loves you. He makes you His friend, His bride. He makes you a son and a daughter of the Heavenly Father. But if you would allow the Holy Spirit to fill and overflow your heart with His love, serving will always be a joy. You will find the easy yoke and the light burden. There will be a rest. And the more you overflow in that love to help people, the more you become like Jesus. How many of you tonight want to be more like Jesus? Put up your hands. Let's all stand up on our feet right now. I tell you the presence of the Lord is here. Just stand on your feet. Just close your eyes. Whether you're on site, you're online. I want you to focus on Jesus tonight. Lift up your hands. Lift up your heart. Just begin to pray in tongues right now. Let's take a moment just to pray in the Spirit. To stir up your hearts in the Spirit. Because tonight, the Holy Spirit is going to pour the love of God into your life. Let's take another 20 seconds, just pray in tongues right now. Suduria la carabaha, 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 la carabaha,
Suriala Karabahade, Allah Karabahade, Suriala Karabahade.
tonight I want every eye to close, every head to bow. Why don't we just pray in the spirit just for a moment? Those of you in the overflow room just begin to talk in tongues right now. Those of you watching online just talk in tongues, whether you're in the office, you're in the park, you're at home in the living room, you're having a wash party. Just begin to pray in tongues right now. Shudia la carabaha, Dedia la carabaha, Dedia la carabaha, Dedia la carabaha, Dedia la carabaha. Jesus is like the first love fire. Come and be my one desire. Jesus is like the first love fire. Come and are closed and he's about how many of you tonight you are serving but you feel like you're sinking when you're working very hard you feel empty you feel dry there's no more joy the joy is gone how many of you have stopped serving altogether stopped attending cell groups maybe those of you you're watching at home online you know for weeks you should be coming back here on site but somehow the lethargy tiredness stop you look you don't have to especially if you do not want to you don't have to you don't have to come you don't have to serve you don't have to attend cell group you don't have to do anything but tonight Will you come to Jesus? Will you come to the Lord, your Savior, and ask the Holy Spirit to come upon you afresh? Will you love Him and just let His love fill you, saturate you, until you well up with it? You are soaked. You are overwhelmed. And then you are overflowing with the love of God. And then see when, where, and how the Lord will lead you. That's all I'm asking. I'm not asking you to join anything. I'm not asking you to come back to church. I'm not asking you to go to cell group. I'm just saying, you ask the Lord, fill me afresh with the Holy Spirit. Let the love well up. And then you let Him lead you. How many of you want to bear the easy yoke? And the light burden Jesus says that as you learn to serve out of love there's going to be such a great great blessing for you so if you want God's love and blessing tonight we just lift up your hands all over this place right now just pray in tongues right now 
Suduri alla karabaha deri 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 alla karabaha that the Lord is here this evening even as my pastor was preaching and he was saying that it's not to serve harder but it's to serve with love and we have to tell Jesus the Father the Holy Spirit pour your love Lord pour your love into my heart and as he was saying that from that moment on, I kept hearing this phrase. It's as if someone in this congregation or some of you was just crying out and say, but how? How, Lord? How to allow your love saturate my heart again? How to let that love pour down from your heart And then I was reminded of a writing of a saint of all that I was meditating last night. He says, as long as we ourselves are real, as long as we truly ourselves, God can be present. And he can do something with us. But the moment we try to be what we are not, there is nothing left to say or have. We become a fictitious personality, an unreal presence. And this unreal presence cannot be approached by God. This unreal personality cannot approached by God. Cell group leaders, connect group leaders, ministry hates, child of God, member of this congregation, any one of your friends that's watching online out there, how, how Lord, to let that love, your love, be part from your heart. The answer is simply be real, be yourself. It's okay, you are safe, you are safe in this place. Here, you are standing on holy ground. It's just you and God, you are safe in His hand. You can tell Him how you really feel how disappointed you have been how angry you have been even with yourself how shameful you feel how tired 
good you are, what wrong motive you had. Just be real. And when you are, when you open up that heart, there the river of life, the river of love is coming, is flowing, is flowing down. He's approaching you. It's gushing through your whole being. It's about to saturate you. So why don't you lift up your hands right now? Just be real. You can tell him this is a safe space between you and God. Lift up your voice in your own way. Talk to him. Talk to him. Let him approach you. Sing to him a new song. Just reach out to the Lord. says just be real just come in your authentic self and just tell the Lord just tell the Lord just bring all your burdens to him just tell the Lord Surya 
Lord, come and enlarge our hearts. Lord, come and enlarge our hearts. Come and heal every broken heart. Come and pour that love into our hearts, oh Lord. Let love well up within us. Let us be soaked. Let us be saturated. Let us be overflowing, overwhelming with the love from heaven, the divine, pure, heavenly love from the Holy Spirit. We need you. Tell the Holy Spirit, I need you, Lord. I need you. I need you. Come in your love. Come in your love. The power of God is in that love. Just come in your love. When you have the love of God, you have everything. Don't stop, just worship Him, just worship Him. Those of you in the overflow room, just reach out your hands. Reach out your hands to the Lord. you say out loud because all, almost all of you put up your hands you want the love of God to just increase more and more you want to be living a life a life of destiny but out of an overflow of love so tonight let's just pray to the Lord okay let's all say this out loud whether you're in overflow you're in this place or you're watching online say Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus. thank you for serving me at the cross thank you thank you for serving me even now Thank you for making me your friend. I am your bride. A child of our Father. I am a Christian because you serve me. Not because I serve you. Holy Spirit, right now, feel me more and more with your love. Will you lift up both hands and just begin to talk to him right now? Come and feel us more. Feel us more. More and more with your love. More and more of the heavenly love. More and more of the love of Jesus. More and more of your love. More and more of your divine love.
feel comfortable because I feel the place of agreement is a place of power. And this is one of the good things that we're able to, to do when we are meeting on site. There's the whole our neighbor's hands. But only if you feel comfortable. If you can, just hang on to your neighbor's hands right now. Just a place of agreement is a place of power. I want you to pray for one another right now. Take a minute and pray for the love of God. The love of God. Father, enlarge our hearts to be filled with your love more and more. The love of Jesus. More and more of your love, joy, and peace, of patience and kindness and goodness. More and more faithfulness and gentleness and self-control. Lord, just fill us more and more with your love. Let's take another 30 seconds and pray for your neighbors. Something is happening tonight. The love of God is pouring into their hearts. Surya la karabahadriya la karabahadriya. Surya la karabahadriya la karabahadriya la karabahadriya. Surya la karabahadriya la karabahadriya la karabahadriya la karabahadriya la Just give the Lord a big clap right now. That's right, just love the Lord. As you clap, I want you to love Him. I want you to send your love, your affections to Him. Just love the Lord. That's right, clap your hands on your people. Make a joyful noise. Because we love you. Because we love you, Lord. We hope you've been blessed by the message. If you have a testimony to share, write to us at connect at chc.org.sg.